cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored, jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kinda have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. If you are looking for groundbreaking nutritional products which revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting-edge, American-made, all-natural wellness brand. Root the Trinity Pack from GetRootNow.com is a game-changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical, an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic which skyrockets your clarity and creativity. Professional athletes have reported over a 40% increase in their performance in only 90 days. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health, optimizes your true brain, helping you tap into quantum consciousness, also known as the God Mind, all together with Clean Slate, which gently wipes out harmful heavy metals from your body, gently evacuating toxins, including graphene oxide. Trinity Pack from Root Altogether helps you increase your performance, longevity, deep sleep, and have a far greater quality of life. Register now at GetRootNow.com to grab your Trinity Pack. Then hit subscribe and save to get $15 back every month. Trinity Pack has also received the gold standard, a worldwide BSCG approval, allowing those in the military to first responders to the NFL, PGA, NBA, FIFA World Cup soccer, and more. Feel assured it is indeed all natural and drug-free. Trinity Pack even comes with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. So when you grab your Trinity at GetRootNow.com, you can feel good knowing it's endorsed by Tier 1 Special Operations Warriors, to lightworkers, benevolent healthcare heroes, professional athletes, and Olympians detoxing their systems and unleashing their greatest self from across the globe. You can also get rewarded for being part of the Root community. See you there! Well, hello, all you divine lions and lionesses. Welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show, where as we stand, our ethos and creed is standing for love, levity, and liberty. Because after all, love is the greatest power in the universe and laughter is the best medicine. That's why our mascot, the blinged Buddha, who fires red pills from his nine mil, has a Punisher tattoo over his left breast to save the children. And as I've promised you, all of our guests on this show are about saving the children. And this is one of the most unsung heroes of Canada in the 21st century, especially in the last three years of the scamdemic pandemic lockdowns. I have Norman Traversy with us. Now, here's the thing. I bet on very few shows you have ever heard or seen, you've met a registered whistleblower with the SEC in New York that you are about to hear from a man who has literally charged Trudeau not once, but twice. And we're going to talk about that case of criminally charging him and prosecuting him for crimes against humanity and treason, who has also served the RCMP. And when he did so, they backed away from his legal service upon them like it was a nuclear bomb in their faces about to go off. I bet you've rarely spoken to and heard from a guest on any show who has also received a personal thank you letter from Trump and Q has also posted about him. Norman is also one of the organizers of the Freedom Convoy. He's a personal friend of Pastor Archer Pavlowski's, as well as a few others and Chris Skye. Norman, welcome to the show. You are an incredible man. You, you know, joined the Mississauga Fire Department in 1982. And I think that sounds like that story was your personal awakening to the crimes perpetrated on the Canadian people and booming forward from what they did to you as a firefighter and now where you are serving humanity, the great people of Canada across all races and nationalities. Thank you, and I'm honored. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Well, why, why don't we start there with the Mississauga Fire Department? You know, your career there, what happened and what you were able to do, which unfortunately was wrought upon you. But you literally, like Confucius says, fall down 
seven times get up eight and the ethos that you embody to just literally bring it to tyranny and uncover it everywhere at any time. Well, thank you. Yes, I uh, was a Mississauga firefighter. I was in fire suppression, which meant that uh, I was putting out fires with other other people, obviously. And uh, I was uh, a good firefighter. I was firefighter of the year, voted firefighter of the year by my fellow firefighters uh, in 1999. I got the corporate award for excellence from Mayor McCallion. And uh, during my career, I was injured several times. I had a number of concussions. I fell through a floor at one point in a fire, and I had a roof fall on my head. And I ended up with <clears throat> severe spinal injuries and such that I could no longer fight fires. And uh, they put me in the public education division. And that's where you put on your best uniform with your medals and you go around to schools, hospitals, seniors' homes, whatever. You check out their um, their safety plan, their fire safety plan. You give a, give a speech, that kind of thing. And you're basically the representative of the fire department to the public. And I was doing that job. I enjoyed it. I was dealing with my injuries. I was diagnosed with severe PTSD but I was still working. And uh, one day in May of 2006, I was driving to work in uniform from the town of Aaron where I lived to the city of Mississauga. And I came across a truck wreck. I'm in uniform. <laughs> I called 911, of course, reported it. Here's a, a fully loaded triaxle gravel truck in the ditch on its side, leaking fuel. And I couldn't see the driver. So I knew if I didn't get that guy out, he was gonna, the thing was gonna catch fire and I'm, I wasn't gonna have that. So I uh, jumped a ditch in spite of my injuries. I went to climb uh, the roof using the air horns, which were on their side as a ladder and I fell which was excruciating, but I was pumped full of adrenaline. Uh, I managed to get up there. This face looks up at me. We rolled the window down. I didn't have to break it. Got the guy out. There wasn't a scratch on him. He had dropped his cell phone, and he was leaning over to get it, and that's why he drove off the road and put the truck on its side. Uh, I was, the police showed up. I was listed as the only casualty. I was in agony. Uh, I went home and uh, saw my doctor a couple of days later, reported it to the uh, fire department. And my doctor applied for workplace safety benefits. And I was denied because the fire chief, John McDougall, called Workplace Safety Board and lied and said I wasn't a real firefighter and I wasn't expected to rescue people on my way to work. I was suspended without pay. Uh, I had a wife, three young daughters, mortgage. I lost, I lost everything. I lost my wife, lost my house, lost everything uh, because I stopped to rescue someone from a truck wreck. And I thought this is disgusting, corrupt to the core that this John McDougall would lie. And uh, Greg Lang, the head of the union did nothing to help me. Uh, I, I decided after I'd lost everything, I'd go after the head of the snake. Yeah. And the head of the snake in my eyes was Justin Trudeau. So in 2017, I went to lay charges against the city of Mississauga, John McDougall, Greg Lang, etc. And uh, the Attorney General, Yasser Nakvi, instructed the Ottawa police to arrest me and escort me out of the courthouse, which they did. No charges laid. And I thought this is really corrupt. So in uh, 2019, I uh, met some people. I met some paralegals that uh, were going to help me. And we drafted up 
uh, a case against Trudeau for uh, firing the Attorney General and uh, also for the SNC-Lavalin uh, scandal and for taking bribes. And uh, I went to the courthouse and the uh, Justice of the Peace uh, took my document, had me swear that it was valid. And he said, uh, you'll have a pre-on-caught hearing in four weeks, which is quite quick for Canada. And a pre-on-caught hearing is where they decide whether or not you've got a valid claim, a valid charge. And the day, the court day came up, I had people there with me and they said, oh, the judge is sick. <laughs> so the Ottawa courthouse only had one judge that day and that judge was sick. Convenient. So that was, yeah, very. So it was put off to, for another month. I showed up, I was supposed to be at room 13 in the Ottawa courthouse for nine o'clock. I and some others were there at eight and uh, the door was locked. Uh, my name was not on the door. It should have been Traversy versus Trudeau on the on the courtroom door. It wasn't there. Uh, I was knocking every five minutes or so on the door. And uh, they held the hearing behind a locked door. I've got the transcript of the hearing. And it was stayed for lack of evidence. Well, I was locked out of the courtroom with the evidence. And they stayed it. And that's because uh, there was an election coming up. But that's how thoroughly corrupt Canada is, that they would lock someone out of a courtroom. Yeah. Um, at that point, we had developed a network, uh, you know, friends of friends, etc. And we had a network. Uh, there was a convoy that had come out to Ottawa in the winter. And it was led by a person named Pat King. And that's when I first met Pat. And... Uh, 2020, on July 1st, I gave a speech to several thousand people on Parliament Hill. In the videos, you can get the video on a YouTube channel called Amina M, A-M-I-N-A-M. -A and uh, standing behind me is Pat King. While I gave the speech, I led probably seven, 8,000 people to the American Embassy in downtown Ottawa delivered a 192-page legal brief to the embassy, and the next day I delivered the same brief to the Mexican embassy. And it was charging Trudeau under Section 27.5 of the United States-Mexico-Canada uh, Alliance, which came into effect at noon of July 1st, 2020. I received a receipt from the White House and I got an email thanking me from Donald Trump. Uh, at that point, uh, we had a movement. It had started. I kept in touch with Pat King. And what happened was in uh, 2021, uh, he was contacted by the Canadian Truckers Association uh, regarding these lockdowns that were really ruining the truckers uh, living and uh, they asked him to lead a convoy out to Ottawa so he was leading the convoy and uh, I and some other people were the reception committee for the convoy and we uh, dealt with it out of a downtown hotel a boutique hotel with 24 rooms every room there was booked for someone dealing with the convoy. Yeah. And uh, he came out. We had food, logistics, everything was taken care of. We had security. We had a lot of ex-military, a lot of ex-police and fire were working on that. And the Americans were closely monitoring. I was uh, talking to an American general at least <laughs> once a day, telling him what was going on. Norman, before we go there, which is an incredible story, I'd just like to go back to what you've unpacked because we have just done 10 minutes on pivotal moments of history. 
which you just covered. So if we get, I we're definitely going to get there. I would like people to understand if you don't mind my quick interjection, brother. Mm -hmm. Norman's first lawsuit was against Trudeau and also what he uncovered in the lawsuit for his workplace safety insurance board, WSIB, which we're all under when I was a fire ranger, which I was all also under when I was working on film, TV and film in British Columbia, when I got injured as well in British Columbia, twice on set at theirs, they are working a scam. So this is a pivotal moment to wake up for, especially any Canadians, and we do have a growing Canadian audience. Would you mind just taking two minutes, discuss that and what you found and uncovered from that lawsuit fire that led you then to go to the head of the snake, Trudeau, and then a witchcraft omnibus act where they changed the legislation on you, which required you to come back to sue Trudeau for crimes against humanity and treason, which then caused you to do a, that briefing you just mentioned very quickly to the U.S. Embassy and the Mexican Embassy and why July 1st, 2020 was a pivotal date. So we could just unpack that a little bit more because I feel, Norm, there are going to be people, especially Canadians in particular, who've never heard of this before. Their mouths will hit the floor, their jaws will open, and they will rock back in their chairs, probably drop a couple F-bombs as well. And you are literally taking it right to the heart of the deep state layer with these stories and what you've done already. So if we can go right back to that, what you uncovered with the work place WSIB, what the BREAX is and how they're defrauding Canadians before you went to Trudeau and, and the U.S. Embassy and why that was pivotal too. Okay, uh, what I found was uh, when you look at the legislation that governs, governs the Workplace Safety Insurance Board, it is quite clear that when someone declares an injury at work, they are to be paid immediately. And the onus is on the employer to prove fraud. So you're taking at your word or, and your doctor's word that you were injured at work and you're paid immediately. Then if the employer has a problem with that, it's up to the employer to uh, prove fraud. Uh, that is never the case. They've never followed that legislation. The Minister of Health for every uh, regime has ignored it. They know about it. And what we end up with is that I found that the Ontario uh, Workplace Safety Board has a $60 billion surplus. Six zero. Surplus. Yes. And they're supposed to be a public trust, which means that they are a private company, which they are. They're private insurance. And they're supposed to be regulated by the Minister of Health and the Minister of Labor. And they are not. Uh, and they're not supposed to have a profit. They, they can have a rainy day fund, uh, but not $60 billion. Now, what we found, because it wasn't just me, it was a, a group of us investigating this. We found that that surplus was invested with the British Columbia Investment Management Corporation. That money is not supposed to leave the province, but it did. It was uh, going to British Columbia. Then we find out that the British Columbia Investment Management Corporation has Canada pension plan money, has Ontario municipal employee uh, pension plan money. It has all the surpluses from every workplace safety board in every province around Canada. Now, every one of those boards is running a profit, a massive profit. And what they do is they send the money off to British Columbia and then say they're broke. Well, they're broke because they send the profits to BC. And this British Columbia Investment Management Corporation has spun off a number of shell companies. One of them is called Quadreal, Q-U-A-D capital R-E-A-L. And it owns massive real estate, and it has the surpluses of BC, Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec combined into a shell company that has bought a lot of Chinese real estate and uh, real estate around the world. 
But now we're finding that the whole real estate market in China is a scam. So that money is mostly gone. Um, it has been investigated, invested in the New York Stock Exchange. And I wrote to the Stock Exchange and the Securities Exchange Commission. And I spoke to them on the phone and I was registered as a whistleblower with them. I was telling them about the money laundering and the fraud. And I also contacted the Canadian Securities Exchange Commission. But after two years, they declined to investigate. They said that it was too big for them. But the Americans are still on the case. Um, that is because I got injured. I found out how the scam was operating. And they have destroyed tens of thousands of Canadian families. Yep. By These people get injured. And then they don't get their rightful benefits and they lose their income. And that's the thing with the firefighter. Who wants a broken down firefighter? You know, it's just an expense. Get rid of them. And that's what they did. They fired me because of my injury. And they're probably paying themselves bonuses at the end of the year before I would imagine they send it off to another province so they can show on the balance sheet that they didn't turn a profit. That's right. Uh, they get bonuses for reduction in injuries. So on the books, I was never injured. Even though I've got the doctor's diagnoses and I've got witnesses, like when a roof falls on your head in a fire, people see it. <laughs> and uh, it was a, a massive fraud. The city of Mississauga got bonuses for reduction in injuries. They got rid of an injured firefighter that was costing them money. And why would you keep me on with 30 years experience when you can hire a 26 year old for half the pay? Yep. Yep. And take your piece of the pie when he goes out the door. And by the way, I have personal experience for the audience in British Columbia because the Workplace Compensation Board, the WCB, which is that version, WSIB, which I was under as an Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources fire ranger. So anybody can fact check this, Norman. That's why I'm putting it out there. And it is whistleblower fact that the WCB in British Columbia, they are paid to reduce the injury cases they take on. So for example, especially the same thing in my case, I have it documented, I had witnesses as well on two injuries on, this was a TV and film sets, and, and they became debilitating and couldn't walk as well um, at that point in time. And so with medical fact and backed up and fact checked as well by medical doctors, that goes over and you're assigned to somebody that you never see and they look at your case and they say, you don't have a case here, sorry. And they close the claim or they pay you a small portion and that's it and you can't go back to work. So it's not just prevalent in first responders, it's everywhere, BC Hydro people I've spoken to as well. And again, it's literally crushing lives and it, people are taking their lives as well with suicide, which is then going into the medical system in Canada and they harvest the organs from those people who commit suicide. And it's just part of that disgusting deep state. I, I buried three friends in two years, suicide, firefighters. Yep. And uh, that's that's a bonus for them. You know, it's it's it a feature, not yep. a bug. Yep. Yeah, it's it's total disgusting. So thank you for bringing that to everybody's awareness so they can go and do any deep dives on that in Canada and the SEC is still doing it. And hopefully there's good agents in the SEC still left um, in that three-letter agency. Now, let's move on, Norman, to Trudeau, Witchcraft, Criminal Code of Canada, Section 337, which happens to no longer be there and why that's so relevant to then bring you up with a succeeding case where you ended up briefing the American embassy and had to call the FBI in Buffalo, New York to give them a heads up that you were coming in peace. <laughs> you take good notes, I must say. I'm quite impressed. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, where were we? Um, Section 337 is was in the criminal code. You probably still find it. And it was a public servant 
withholding something from a person who is entitled to it and demands it. Now, that could be a service or it could be money. It could be anything that a person's entitled to and demands it. And that would lead up to 14 years in prison. And uh, I had charged Trudeau under Section 337 and uh, Doug Ford, the premier of Ontario. So that was one of the charges against him, as well as uh, corruption and treason and taking bribes. And what they did was they had this witchcraft act where they got rid of a whole bunch of antiquated uh, laws, such as uh, witchcraft, which they decided was antiquated. But in that act, they stuck in 337. They got rid of it stealthily without notifying anyone. And the politicians that signed it didn't even know. But they took Section 337 out of the act. And that was because I had charged Trudeau with it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't look over here. We're just quietly removing the ability for you who have already brought the charges to um, make it no longer relevant so it can't be prosecuted. So that what happened from that point to get you to the FBI? Let's hear that story. And then the significance of July 1st, 2020, not just Canada Day significance, but there was a time during that day which was also significant to come up to the U.S. Embassy and then the Mexicans. Okay. Uh, they had put together the United States-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. And uh, it was to be signed and come into law on noon of July 1st, 2020. And this was under and President Trump at the time, his presidency, as everybody would know it, and, right? That's, that's right. And... Uh, that was to take place uh, noon of 2020. And uh, we were aware of it. And we had put together, uh, myself and some lawyers and paralegals had put together a 192-page legal brief. And this brief outlined Trudeau's corruption, treason. It outlined the money laundering and the workplace safety boards. And it also addressed human trafficking, and child trafficking. Mm. And those were the three things that were in it. And I had called the FBI, uh, got the number of a special agent in Buffalo, and I called her and I told her about this document. I sent her a copy of it. And I said, I plan on leading a few hundred people uh, to the American embassy in Ottawa. And uh, we were peaceful, we're patriotic. And we mean no harm. And we'll be delivering this document. And she said, I'll get it into the right hands. And I, I figured, okay, that's good. Well, uh, my associate, Amina, and I went to the embassy a couple of days before July 1st. And I asked to speak to someone in authority. And this guy comes out in a Hawaiian shirt with ID around his neck. And he says, hi, Norman. <laughs> and then he points. Like and from movies, you know, it's just kind of the big guy walks out with a lion shirt. Hey, James, how you doing? Yeah. yeah. And he's, he points to Amina and says, I know who you are, too, Amina. And uh, then I said, you probably know what kind of car I drive. He says, yeah, you drive a black Jaguar XJ and gave my license number. So they had thoroughly vetted me nice. and they knew who I was and what I was doing. And I explained what we were planning on doing. And uh, he approved, and we didn't have four or five hundred people. We had seven or eight thousand people. Wow! That day, and happened not that, to you see saw that. that. Happened not to see Adam? that on media. You know, they only wrote a hit piece about you about that. Nothing on yes, media. I know eight thousand Canadians with your back at the American Embassy to brief them on money laundering, human and child trafficking charges against Trudeau. Hmm. Yeah. And Interesting. Yeah, very. So um, that was that day. That day, Pat King was with me. Uh, and that's when the movement really started. That's when it really took place and coalesced. Awesome. Awesome. So July 1st, 
2020, Canada Day, 2020, 12 p.m. You basically had a freedom convoy of sorts with people walking over to you. They parted the, remember, they parted the, you know, you went from the Parliament Hill over the U.S. Embassy. They followed you. It was amazing. And then to the Mexican Embassy because that act came into play. And President Trump uh, sent you and wartime commander in chief, FYI, everybody, five star general, right at the very top. Derek Johnson and I are personal friends, did the truth tour, almost all the truth tour together in America last year, and uh, co writing a song together called Raised Right, which we will release right after the war is done. And we are in a war, FYI, for any of you who are just still waking up. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to release that song called Raised Right. And that proceeds of all of that from the song will go to veteran organizations worldwide to support the veterans. Because in Canada, as I've shared on many shows, um, when you call the Department of uh, Veterans Affairs hotline, suicide hotline in particular, they want you to get in the car, drive to the hospital and do MAID and kill yourself, medical assistance and death, and then harvest your organs. True fact. So thank you for what you're doing. Now let's get to um, and we're all pressed for time here. So, you know, we've got multiple shows on this. We can all check out the channel and and go to, back to that because Norman and I are going to do another show here very shortly about how he owns the copyrights to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to Bill C-71 to the Quarantine Act and the Firearms Act and as well as others and why he may also have the capability of repealing all of this, as well as the fact that just a week ago, the Alliance of Indigenous Nations, which are a true sovereign tribunal, which are have to be recognized by law. We're going to get into that in the next show coming up, folks. Why he is able to sue and place a judgment upon the Attorney General, for example, in Ontario, and they can lose their license to practice very shortly and turn around and repatriate all monies just for those in the firearms community in Canada alone back to the rightful people, which they've stolen from. So that's coming up. Norm and I are gonna go for another five or 10 minutes here, but stay tuned for part two of this show as we talk about that and what you can do as a sovereign individual around the world to stand up against the mandates and the vaccine genocide. Those lockdowns are about to come back. And what Norman can tell you, you should do not only just saying no, but how you should serve law enforcement who's trying to back that and take your property from you. So that's coming up in part two. We'll go for another five or 10 minutes here. So Norman, thank you, my friend. Yes. You're an absolute hero for humanity, for literally saving lives and waking up people uh, to this. So from that point in time, now, Canadian Freedom Convoy, you and Pat King stay in touch. And you organized the Freedom Convoy. That's where, how did it, how did it take place in Canada, across Canada, and then in Ottawa? And what was done there? Because there are many people, because of the suppression of media, unless they knew how to watch the live streams coming out of YouTube before it was all suppressed, or elsewhere on truther type channels around the world, give everybody a little bit of an example of the love and the celebration downtown Ottawa and what even the deep state police tried to do to prevent you all, you know, from celebrating. I think people would love to hear about what altruistic nature humans have, regardless of race, creed, or color, when they come together around the children and celebrate freedom. Would you just share with us a little bit about that and your experience with Pat King and the truckers and the people? Okay. Uh, as I said, I was part of the reception committee for the convoy. Uh, I, I was not part of the organization of the convoy, but just for what happened when the convoy got here. And uh, we had a couple of uh, women who are anonymous. You'll, you might find their names out in the future when I finish the book, but uh, they organized the logistics. Another lady organized what was going on on the hill. Uh, because you didn't get to speak on the Hill without her say-so. And she would tell you, you get 10 minutes, no more. And what music was played, we fed the homeless. We had so much food. We had uh, millions of dollars worth of food. We had chefs that some of them came from Toronto who volunteered to cook. 
Uh, we had one chef. He was a top chef. He was a pot scrubber. He was scrubbing pots uh, because we had firefighters, <laughs> off-duty firefighters doing the cooking. Anybody that wanted a meal got a meal. We had our own garbage collection people. We kept the streets as clean as they've ever been. We had people going to Tim Horton's coffee shops and washing the bathrooms, cleaning the bathrooms there. Uh, I was at a hotel uh, with all the other organizers. And I remember every morning we'd have a beautiful breakfast cooked by these volunteer chefs. And then people went about their daily jobs. Um, I was getting phone calls. And one guy called me, he says, I've got 18,000 hot dogs and buns and condiments. Where do you want them? Uh, someone else called and said, I've got 153 porta potties free of charge for the duration. But you've got to get the people to set them up. And I said, okay, I'll take them. And it was off-duty Ottawa firefighters that set up the porta potties. In the morning, I remember there was a man that came out from Alberta with his three teenage daughters. And every morning after breakfast, uh, he would stuff envelopes full of $100 bills. And he'd tell the girls, okay, you're going to O'Connor Street. You're going to Metcalf. You're going to uh, Albert Street. And these people would go out with the envelopes and they go up to each truck and hand them a $100 bill and say, is that enough? Do you want more? Uh, the police, one night they stole all the fuel from the trucks. They stole the gas tanks and, and gas cans and uh, <laughs> theft. We've got them on video doing that. And Ottawa it's 40, police. yeah, Ottawa police. And uh, it's 40 below out. It, it's freezing. And these trucks have to keep running to keep the people warm. So we managed to get, uh, we bought new uh, gas tanks, gas cans, and <laughs> we labeled them water. They were all labeled water, even though they had uh, fuel in them. So uh, there was that going on. Uh, we had truckloads of firewood coming from Quebec and the Ontario Provincial Police stopped the trucks on the interprovincial bridge. And so to stop the trucks coming in with firewood, and what we did was we hand-bombed it. We did a conga line from Quebec to Ontario and moved that firewood by hand. It was absolutely incredible. The, the brotherhood there, uh, you'd be walking in between the trucks and a complete stranger would give me a hug. Now, if you're uh, in Australia and New Zealand and you don't understand what hand-bombing cords of firewood means, I mean, you're literally talking about a line of patriots from one side of the province to the next, the dividing line between Ontario and Quebec into Ottawa, and having to empty 18-wheeler transport carriers full of bucked-up, chopped-up, corded firewood because the Ontario Provincial Police stop them at a barrier they went great so you just just like you're passing buckets of water in the back old days to put out fires and hand bombing it across the provincial lines i mean just love it and you know also i would imagine too norman since the police stole the fuel at minus 40 below all of those police who did so with willingly following orders, know as well that people would freeze to death. So there's possible charges, which after the war here could come back on them for attempted murder. Anyway, yes. I'll just leave that there, FYI, to any law enforcement um, who was complicit and may get those orders coming back down again during the mask and the vaccine genocide mandates. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Uh, it was an incredible time. Uh, I was honored to witness it and be a small part of it. Uh, it was just an amazing time. You also uh, have a backing of U.S. Army Major General. You had mentioned to me in our conversation and has been mentioned a few times since the convoy. Do you want to just uh, talk about that aspect right here as well? Yeah, there's a, a Major General. I don't know if I want, should I give out his name? 
Um, I think it's totally fine because you know we've we've got it. I believe on yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, Major Major General Paul Vallely. He was a deputy director of all U.S. Army forces in the Pacific and an advisor to Donald Trump. He's done three combat tours of Vietnam. He's a West Point graduate, and uh, I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine. He contacted me in, uh, I think it was 2019, he contacted me uh, because he'd heard about what I was doing. Uh, he was my liaison to Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, if he thought it was, if I had something that I wanted Donald Trump to read, I would give it to him and he'd pass it on. Um, during the convoy, I was calling him every night and he had a map of Ottawa on his wall in uh, his place in Montana. And he'd, he'd do a military debriefing, like what happened here? What happened there? Uh, that kind of thing. And uh, he'd ask me to go to certain locations and say, tell those guys on Metcalf Street to knock it off or whatever. And so I was uh, being directed by this American general. I would call him every night and tell him what I had witnessed. And apparently he was then calling Trump and telling Trump what, what had happened from my perspective anyways. And I'm not sure, he probably had other people contacting him as well. So the Americans were quite aware of what was going on and uh, very interested. Amazing. And just before we started the show, you had just been on the phone with Christine Anderson, who is a member of European Parliament, and probably one of the, the few vocal ones we've ever seen to support the Canadian Freedom Convoy and continue support to rally it for Canada in Europe and making her way over to Canada to visit with Canadians. And then Nathaniel Pawlowski had just returned a little over a month ago, as he shared on the show, and we've seen all around from giving a briefing in European Parliament to which he received a standing ovation. And would you just tell us what are Christine's thoughts, if you can, Norm, as we close out this first episode, what are her thoughts or anything that she has shared with you and spoken to you about for which any Canadians right now, as well as patriots worldwide, might okay. and inspiration? Uh, I was not on the phone with her. I was on the phone with her Canadian representative. Poppy, excuse uh, me. Thank you. Okay, uh, and she also happens to be the person that was in charge of Parliament Hill, organizing what the events on Parliament Hill. So she was an intrinsic part, a very important part of the convoy movement, and she's also uh, Christine's uh, liaison in Canada. So I was talking to her. She's going to be talking about what's going on on September 20th with the Million Person March, which we are hoping to make into a billion person march around the world. Yep. And Arthur Padlowski um, is going to be staying with me uh, on that week. And uh, we hope to make this a really huge event. Absolutely. And so that September 20th million March for Children initially was initiated with your support with Josh Alexander, who's just on here at 17 years old. And we went, you know something, why don't we just do a 24-hour worldwide walkout and get all these other lovely organizations involved? So you've anybody who's watched these shows that we just did a week ago to the day with Re Lieutenant Colonel Ricardo Bosi, former commander of Australian SAS Special Forces and the current leader of Australia One Party, and you can check them out at AustraliaOneParty.com. Dave Guru Graham, who leads Stop the Rot, Sack the Lot in Australia, again, confirmed on that show. And I called them again last night and they confirmed we are on board to help organize Australia to walk out worldwide, bring the system to its knees, but do so in solidarity and celebration to save the children. We also have our friends in the UK and my call with Chris Skye. And he said, absolutely, I'll be in the UK September 20th. And he will help lead that and speak there in the United Kingdom, along with some of our friends who are combat veterans 
who have closed down the vaccine genocide centers and saved hundreds of thousands of children and people in the United Kingdom. So they're on board. We also have Lee Dundas, who I had on the show and is a personal friend over the last year. And she has confirmed she is on board to get that message out. And Michael Jaco as well has confirmed he is on board to get the message out for a billion people to stand up in celebration worldwide. And folks, Divine Lions and Lionesses, it's real simple. We're not organizing anything with this saying that message of billion worldwide. Other communities and grassroots organizations have already done it. Vermont Stands Up has already confirmed and sent the email to 1,000 of their members that on September 20th for 24 hours, we stand up, we congregate, we celebrate, and we do it Canadian Freedom Convoy style, as you've just heard here from Norman, in love and celebration and to stand for the children and to stand for sovereignty to return to sovereignty in God. This is what it's about, and this is how it happens. So definitely share this message everywhere. Go ahead and get involved with Norm, and we are about to play a four-minute video so you get to see the amazing compilation of what Norman has also done and see the love and celebration surrounding Norman and all the Canadians that are come together for freedom right now. Join us in part two of this episode, which will be posted online in about 24 hours, because it as well is incredible. Get involved in the Canadian Freedom Convoy, get involved in Australia One Party, get involved and let everybody know we are walking out worldwide for freedom. Call in sick, do whatever you have to do, because our voices are heard. And I'll leave it with this, quoting this directly from Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky on our show last week. He said, 50,000 Soviet communists ruled over 38 million Poles. Yet when those 38 million stood up, it was over. And it was over. And we've seen that. And that's what we're here to do worldwide on September 20th for 24 hours across all time zones. God bless you, Norman. Look forward to seeing you on our next uptake in the episode. Everybody, enjoy the video. Share and get involved. God bless you all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you all. And God bless those who serve and God bless our veterans and first responders. A year ago, I never thought I'd be here. <laughs> I never thought I'd be here with you. Uh, this all happened because I became aware of just how unjust this country is, the corruption, the criminality, the injustice and the depravity that we have in our so-called ruling elite. The solution is much more practical. It lies with us. Charge turtle with trees.
addicted to norm Might as well face it, you're addicted to norm Might as well face it, you're addicted to norm Thanks for joining us on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, follow, subscribe, share this with nine friends and family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.